morning, Winston. Morning, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thanks. And welcome to our third episode of Seize the Day. Yeah, I'm so excited that we made it to episode three. <laughs> you know, well, if, if you look at it from a goal perspective, I know we talked about a year, but we didn't put a, a definitive number of episodes on it. But if we look at a year as being Know, optimal. We're already 25% of the way there. Wow. I think we deserve to take a dinner or like a, a toast to that. Um, it's December. What day is it today? December the 12th. Yeah. December the 12th, 2015. And here you are with uh, Jim Maletta and Winston Tang. And it's season the day with Jim and Winston. something um, long-range vision like that could be different for a lot of people um, I, I you know we're, we're on the cusp of the completion of this year and moving into next year mm -hmm. so uh, something I did in January the 1st 2014 uh, our good friend Patanjali's had bothered me that morning so I was up fairly early and on the computer I thought, I'm not going to write any resolutions. I'm just going to write some some goals moving forward for the year and okay. beyond, actually. So, you know, and it doesn't mean that everyone has, every one of them has to be reached, but it's things that are on your mind. And, and one of those goals was a, a change in employment. And it took 16 months for that to occur. Wow. A suitable change, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just... It's a, I wouldn't even call it an exercise. It's maybe sharing your thoughts with yourself. Uh, but it, it's a little more concrete if you take the time to, uh, you know, whether it's a pencil and paper or whether it's, uh, you know, a Word document. Just take the time to write those long-range vision things out. And maybe um, it, it could be beneficial for yourself. Yeah, no, I like that. It's a, It sounds like... Um, are we on the same line of uh, long-range vision, like versus bucket lists, um, goals and expectations, and things like that? Uh, you know, there was a little bit of bucket list stuff in the long-range vision. Okay. Um, not a lot, but there was. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it was just uh, exactly that. It's, it's you know, kind of and. and as a as a journey, sometimes we get a little ways down the path and realize that uh, we need to adjust what that vision was. You know, we went a, a certain way down a certain road, and it, and it maybe wasn't suitable to us. But at least we had the chance to explore it. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, um, I'll share with you something about long range vision um, that I'm thinking about. When you mentioned that, I started thinking about uh, the perspective we have when we're very close to a problem and then versus when we look on the bigger scheme of things, you know, when we step back. Um, you know, our, the things that immediately come to mind are like like situations like jobs, for example, when you're in a job and you can only see the day-to-day -day versus, you know, it's, it's different from going, finding employment to get a job versus trying to build a career, right? Yes. Uh, I, I can't say I've ever really done any great career building per se 
You know, when you're thinking a long, long-range vision, that really kind of caught my attention here. And I, I'm thinking, um, like, when we look at the journey that we go on, you know, through life, and having a little bit of um, insight to sort of see the benefit of, um, you know, the potential that lies ahead is pretty valuable. A friend of mine yesterday, just coincidentally, that uh, you must have been reading my mind, a friend of mine called me, and uh, they had hired an employee. Um, a young fellow in his mid-twenties and they had trained him from scratch for a few years and actually part of their succession plan was hoping to groom him and a couple of other people that they saw as um, great potentials to carry on the business after they retire. And um, so they were quite disappointed when it turned out that this young fellow had um, been searching around, kind of peddling his wares and thinking what other opportunities were out there and he decided to take a, a job with a, another company at about a 20 to 30 percent pay increase. So, of course, my friend who had spent a lot of time training him and with a lot of hope there um, understood why he would leave for the pay increase, but he, he thought that the, the fellow was a bit short-sighted because while the other people were offering him a job, he was offering him uh, the potential of ownership and a lifestyle and something that he could pass on as well kind of brought to mind when I, when you were talking about long-range vision. Like, sometimes when we're younger, we don't may not have that uh, perspective to sort of see, to weigh out opportunities that way, you know? Yeah. Um, and just that, that specific situation that you were talking about, Winston, uh, I think there are maybe two non-congruent visions happening there. You know, the guy being groomed may not have known he was being groomed. And, you know, he was looking for what the open market might pay for a skill set. That's true. And I think that might be part of the reason why he um, uh, decided to leave. He probably thought that, oh, I'm just a, a cog in the wheel here. And um, if I can get X number of dollars more, then it might be worth my, my chance. I'm still young. I can take these chances and uh, move on, right? Yeah, without having a chat with that uh, young fellow, um, he may not have been in his niche either and wanted to move in a different direction. That's true, and that's the, that's an interesting thing to get into. Even though it wasn't, we didn't have, we haven't really planned on going that direction. But isn't it interesting that we we make decisions more with our emotion than our logic? If you really think about it. Yeah, I, you know, I think both of them have value in that decision-making process. There's, there, you know, there's certainly, you know, if you make every decision by logic, it, it may not be what your heart's telling you to do. Right, right. So you got to trust that everything happens for a reason, too. I'm a pretty big believer in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you the number of times I've met people and, and had intuition, either positive or negative, about them, and either ignored it or or maybe overvalued it that turned out to cause, I wouldn't say a problem down the road, but, you know, um, 
expectations not realized because of either ignoring the intuition or or over trusting the intuition. Hey, you know, well, I, you know, I, let's just roll with this. Uh, while we're talking about intuition, there must have been many times in your life, in my life, where you know that little voice in your head is telling you to, you know, take that chance or, you know, make that turn here instead of uh, down my regular street for no other reason. Just you have a gut feeling about it. It could be the same gut feeling you have when you first meet that person that you're going to marry, right? <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about that. How many, if we were going to sort of map it out in our own brain and look back on the years of our existence, how many of our truly important decisions were made by heart versus mind, you know? Like, what would you fathom a guess in, in your own life, Jim? Like, how many, what percentage-wise, just a rough number, would you say that the critical critical decisions, like from where you work, who you marry, um, where you choose to live, were based on logic versus heart? Oh, I, I think for me there's been a combination of those two things, Winston. I, I don't think I've let one overrule the other. Mm, that's a good balance. You know, I know in my life, um, I look back some of the decisions I made, I'm, I'm kind of saying, hmm, that was an interesting choice. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't regret those choices. There's sometimes you, you think that, you know, what if, but for example, those of you in the BC marketplace uh, thinking about real estate are probably wondering if you're not already living in Vancouver, um, you know, although you could have got larger property out in the outskirts in the suburbs, would it have been worth it to buy a nice chunk of land in Point Grey or <laughs> for just X number of dollars more versus the monumental pricing that it is now, right? Um, yes, that comes with the caveat that you had to have the money at that time to do it. That's true, you know, and it doesn't, you know, it may have only been, let's say, $20,000 more or X number of dollars more, but that was $20,000 less that you had, right? <laughs> so... Yeah, destiny has a way of playing itself there, you know, and um, I'm just thinking though, just out loud, nothing scripted here for our, our uh, wonderful listeners, that um, that uh, there's a combination of logic and love and wisdom that comes with things. And, you know, I was thinking even as it, we expand on this idea, um, when we decided, uh, when, when my wife and I decided to get married and we were trying to decide when to start to have kids, we started thinking, uh, we didn't actually really think that much about it. We just kind of just rolled with it, you know? Yeah, that's a natural thing to do. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I think if you overthink it, it actually becomes more difficult. And that compared with, you know, friends and family that had really tried to plan it out and map it out. And very few times had the, had the plan matched their expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, some things don't fit plan planning or templating. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, when you talk about long-range vision, it brings me to the, a topic that I think that, you know, that we can spend some time with about knowing your outcome and being specific and not general. What's your thought on that, Jim? Uh, well, it, it's, it's great to, to have that outcome. It's just maybe a difficult thing in, in real situations to, to go as linear as some people expect it to occur. Right. You know, I, I 
think that, um, you know, we, we discussed this uh, a little bit before the show, but uh, encounter a word this, this week called painterly. That's deep. What does painterly mean? Yeah. Well, you know, it essentially means that um, things have some artistic merit or quality to them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is that it's not rigid. It has the essence of a brush stroke. Wow. So, you know, um, or not straight lines. So, you know, it, it's awfully difficult to, to, you know, get from point A to point B in a, in a straight line in real life. And if you, if you look at it from a perspective of the importance of the journey and not the destination, if you're too focused on that, that outcome and a timeline for that outcome, you know, maybe you're going to lose perspective on the journey and the other things in the periphery that, that can really, really be interesting as well. Right. Hmm. Very deep. I mean, you know, when I'm thinking about outcomes, uh, you know, it brings upon the, the thought that a friend had for me. Well, actually, he, we were just bantering back and forth, and he said, and I, he said, what are your plans for next year? And I said, well, well one of my plans is to finish this book I'm writing, um, and then um, also to make some improvements in my business to make it more efficient and more profitable. And he said, oh, but, but specifically, what do you want from that? And, I, and at first, I was a little bit annoyed, <laughs> as we all tend to be when we get challenged. And, um, but I thought, okay, well, let me work with him on this. And um, I, I, I realized that he'd come off a, a personal growth seminar about a specificity versus uh, generality. And um, he was trying to apply this and use me as a guinea pig for his new learning. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody likes to be a guinea pig, right? So I played along with it and I said, you know, specifically I want you know, X number of dollars and I want to see this level of growth. I want personal growth with that. And I just went on for a bit. And actually, it was helpful to sort of flesh out the idea, to sort of think about specifics versus just being general. And what he was trying to get at is that if you don't have a target, like if you're trying to aim your bow and arrow up in the air, you'll you'll never hit a target. And whereas if you at least you have a target to try to try to hit, you've got a higher percentage of opportunity to actually hit the target. And I, I agreed with him on that. There was no philosophical debate about that. I guess it was surprising from the from our casualness that it went to the, the deep level very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'd love to give you a kind of a more a geographical um, road not taken or road chosen and not taken. Sure. Uh, sure. Australia, New Zealand, and I was, I'd spent a weekend with some friends at what they call a caravan park, which is just a bunch of holiday trailers that are like motel rooms, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a mutual place to congregate, and you know, we had a really nice weekend, and, and, and uh, I left via hitchhiking from my friends, one who was on a teaching exchange from Cranbrook, and another who had been to Cranbrook on a, or our area on a teaching exchange from Australia. So he lived down there. So I I got a ride in like 10 minutes and it was a ride right to Sydney if I wanted it. But my goal was to go to a place called the 
walk of 10,000 steps in the Blue Mountains. The only problem was the weather was not agreeing with that decision. It was absolutely torrential downpour when we got to that part. And the, the guy <coughs> that I got to ride with said to me, you know, you can stay in the car and keep going if you want. Come down to, uh, you know, the Sydney suburb that I live in. There's a, there's a hostel there I can drop you off at. So I made that choice at that time and ended up going to that hostel. And, and I spent quite a bit of time at that hostel, hostel over my journeys and found work and made friends and, Know, kind of got stuck into the community and was more of a, a traveler than a tourist and all that. So mm-hmm. it's just you know, a, a, you know, a, a spur decision kind of a thing to not take the road I planned to take and go in a little bit different direction. It turned out to work out really, really well. Wow, that's pretty cool. You know that 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 kind of makes me think that. Um, Sometimes you, it is important to know your outcome and be specific and have a target and a and um, but I think it's condition and and case specific. For example, like in those scenarios, um, when you're traveling or when you're um, visiting a new place, it's nice to have a little bit of an open mind and not follow too set of a schedule. Don't you agree? Sometimes. Oh yeah, spontaneity can uh, present some fun. Yeah, I mean, if you book it. If you book everything so tight, sometimes what you do is you miss the joy of the of um, finding the unknown. And I tell you, sometimes the best trips are the ones that are unscripted. You know. For sure, and and uh, I mean we we've got a, sometimes we don't live enough in today, and there's too much living in tomorrow. Right. So if you know that know your outcome, and you're so focused on the outcome, you're not you're not seeing what's happening. Right in the day, and I kind of relate that also to, you know, attention to detail is a really valuable thing. But right. Being able to step back and look at the big picture is also a very valuable thing because sometimes you get mired so much in the details that when you step back, you you've put an overabundance of importance on a detail. When you step back and look at it from the big picture, you know, it's 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 nothing to really get hung up on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know. I remember a friend was having a birthday party one year, and um, I think it was um, uh, either the refreshments or some of the snacks um, weren't ready and not put in a bowl. And I remember um, them having quite a quarrel about whose responsibility it was. And as guests were arriving, I'm watching the scenario play out, and I'm thinking, like, guys, you're missing the big picture. There's like 20 people here. And I don't really think they're gonna they're gonna mind if you have Frito Lay chips versus Lay's, you know. <laughs> it's really not that big a deal. It's the it, it's easy to sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees, you know. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the bigger picture, of just having of looking at it as a, a get together rather than just a, a food fair, you know. Um, <laughs> people make do pretty easily when there's less, you know. Oh, for sure. They, you know what? They're they're not going to care if that that plate of whatever came out uh, before they arrived or halfway through their time there. Good chance they might not even eat it. <laughs> you know, and that's what happens. You know, we get so caught up on details, like you said. You know, um, it's sometimes. You know, oh, I, I here's another idea that came up. I had a friend who was telling me that they were going to they were planning to go to a party. 
and they're very big on punctuality. And they are saying that, well, I don't show up to any party late because I just don't think it shows disrespect to the the person that's hosting the party. I said, oh, that's interesting. It's pretty respectful that you say that. But so you're saying that if you're if you leave late and you're going to be half an hour late to a, a party that's like supposedly to start at 7.30, or 7, say, and you get there at 7.30, that you'd rather not go and forego the whole event and just stay home? And he goes, yeah, I'd rather be on time so I get to take in the whole party. I said, so how many parties have you missed, buddy? <laughs> because I'm sure when somebody sets out an invitation and says the party's between 7 to 10, they probably don't expect everyone to show up at 7. Well, it's, it's, uh, then you got to line up. So it doesn't hurt to show up a little bit later, right? The flow works better to the house. Yeah, I, I'm not saying you have to be fashionably late and show up at night, you know, 10 minutes to 10. <laughs> But I, I'm, but I'm just saying that I, you know, a little bit of flexibility, um, knowing the outcome but not being too strict on it may not hurt because, you know, I think in life we have so much rigidity that we're raising kids and people to be so, I mean, for lack of a better word, anal <laughs> about about rules, rules, regulations, and guidelines. Not to say that they don't serve a purpose; they definitely come in handy when you're driving. Um. But um, there is time when uh, there should be a little bit of more gap so that there's an injection of spontaneity and fun, that's all. Yeah, and context is a huge part of, of that. Um, you know, if that was a dinner party and you were to be there for seven, then it would be disrespectful to arrive at Right, seven. exactly. If it, was, if it was a dinner party where they're actually, you know, have sit-down placements and they're serving you, it would be. Because then... You know, you're expecting the host to, to bend over backwards to kind of uh, adjust for your schedule, right? But if it was just a general social gathering that had uh, hors d'oeuvres, mm -hmm. uh, 7.30 and 7, there's no difference. Yeah, no, and that's why they leave you that gap in between. Yeah. And, I mean, it reminds me of that um, that poem, you know, um, that they, they often post when someone passes away, you know, how did you live your dash, right? You know, the dash between the time you're born and then the dash in between is your life and then, of course, the ending ending date is your, you know, the, the date of your demise, right? <laughs> and I was just thinking about that poem about how it's talking about how did you live that time in between the time you're born till the time you're gone and what kind of um, impact or legacy did you wish to leave behind, right? Yeah, yeah. You know... Too much focus on work, not enough focus on play is going to leave some balance issues and sometimes too much focus on play unless one wins the lottery um, and not enough focus on work can cause the same issues. So, you know, that balance is uh, pretty important. Yeah, like tying that in to our next topic about expectations versus acceptance. Um, when we, we talked about this um, briefly before we started the podcast. It was just talking about, uh, I think the, at least my perception of what that was about was, um, you know, it's good to have expectations, it's good to have goals, but it's also good to have the wisdom to accept what comes your way when you've given your all to try your best. Yes. Um, and remembering that your expectations, especially when this comes into um, 
more than just one person that involves the expectation. I, you know, I, I don't know quite how to determine generalities, but you know, not everybody is on the same plane when it comes to expectations. Right. And so, you know, that can lead you to either um, accepting the outcome or having a lot of challenge with the outcome because of the, you know, whether it be a group dynamic or, or whatever the situation is that, um, you know, the priority of the other individuals isn't the level of the priority of yourself. So you eventually have to come to acceptance to be able to resolve your own feelings and move on. Yeah, and I'm sure you have a pretty good uh, rugby analogy for our listeners here. <laughs> As the avid rugby fan that you are. There's plenty of times within a team, especially when it's a one-division team in a, in a smaller community, that you know I have a certain expectation and commitment to the sport that isn't congruent with others. So that led to some frustration, and I eventually just had to accept the fact that there are going to be some people on the plane that I'm on and there aren't going to be some people on the plane that, that I'm on. But if we're going to have a team, we have to accept some of those that are on a different plane. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. I mean, I'm just thinking um, sometimes we, we strive so hard to achieve our goals and um, we, go from a, we go from a position of hope of hoping the outcome comes out the way we want it to after we've done our best, to then we turn it almost into a expectation that we're going to achieve the goal. Um, and once we go from the hope to expectation, there's a little bit of there's there's a little bit of um, a transition that takes place internally. It's almost there's almost an ego factor that we got to be very careful about that goes from um, that entitlement feeling almost. You know, like I did this many hours of of exercise so i expect myself to be five pounds lighter <laughs> but then there's an acceptance that maybe aside from the the workout that i've also had an intake of 30 pounds of chocolate so maybe <laughs> i'll give another explanation to that right right Right. Um, you know, maybe your parameter is wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's really deep. I like that, Jim. Where I take from that was that, yeah, maybe that your measurement parameter of just pure weight isn't accurate because, like you said, you could be muscle toning, maintaining the same weight, but having a better shape as a result instead of um, measuring just the pure caloric intake and, and then your um, your actual body weight. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 you know, just in that field, the scale isn't the only... Uh, indicator of success right so we got to be very careful what measurement tool we use or what measurement scales we use to determine our success I think that we can really learn something from what you just said there because if we set our parameters of what we're measuring uh, the wrong way we can easily see ourselves as a failure when we actually could be very successful yeah correct you know just while we're on this there's, there's something else I'd like to bring up and, sure and I've heard this saying from a friend quite a few times and, and I, I find it to be very um, there's some wisdom to it okay 
and it goes something like, that's not a hill worth dying on. Wow. You know, so you, you have circumstances in life and, you know, where things don't always go or meet your expectation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can, you, you have to, at, at that point, if your expectation's not realized, and if there's, you know, some challenge or conflict in it, uh, look at it and say, how important is this? So how much do I have to fight to get to my expectation? Or is it better to accept how things have played out? Because it's not a hell worth dying on. You've got to take, take that step back in the big picture and look at, at how that affects you and other people and, and all that sort of thing. So, you know, even though expectations aren't realized, you know, to be comfortable with moving forward, acceptance is part of that too. And realizing that too much is out of your control. So, you know, acceptance is the place to go. Now, you're going to encounter times in life where it is going to be a hill worth dying on. And, and that starts getting into other things, integrity and, and other things like that. You know, being willing to stand up for principle and, and those sorts of things. But it shouldn't happen too often because when you take that step back and look at the big picture, mm -hmm. that's put things in perspective. I like that. I like that. Um, uh, I like the way that you took the time to explain where you're coming from on that. And I, I think that um, the only time we don't have that ability to see that wisdom is when we're either too focused on our outcome or we're too anxious to get the result. So that, that that's really good, Jim. I like that one. Uh, and it's some time to learn that one. When you're younger, you, you maybe, uh, you know, it, it takes time to learn that one. And, and for young people who've learned it, they're wise beyond their years. Right. And they're so far ahead of the game and they don't have to reinvent the wheel. See, that's the thing. I, um, I think that um, at any age, we can learn so much from those older than us. And that doesn't automatically mean that the people that are older than us have more wisdom. It's not a given. But those that have done taken the time to do some self-exploration and try to um, experience things and take actually learn from their experiences rather than just shunning them <laughs> may have something to, to offer. And um, if you take the time to listen to some of those experiences, it can save you a lot of time. some times where you have to go through the experience to to learn it too. Yeah, I agree. Which brings us to this topic about journeys and, and destinations. Like, let's talk about the contrast between um, journeys and just destinations and the pleasure of the journey. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking of what journeys we're on right now, I, I suppose maybe the biggest one in our world Speaking of my wife and I, is is um, where how we how we get to a point where we don't have to work full time anymore, right? And and you know the the um, the biggest component of that is is the mortgage. So um, you know we we also don't want to sacrifice some of what we enjoy in the living in that moment for that long-term goal of getting the house paid off. If it takes a year longer, 
but you have some great experiences in that you know, longer period of time than what you potentially could if you set a really rigid goal. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather take the extra year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that that's really wise. There's there's one there's a difference between discipline and then um, sacrifice. How about that? Yeah, I, I, I think there's going to have to be a you know, in anybody's life. There's a little bit of sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, but uh, recognizing a real good opportunity to do something that be you know set that goal the period of that goal or the journey time to get there a little bit longer not a big deal yeah I agree because we don't really not no nothing's really given the only the promise we have is today right so um, sharing with you something that my mother told me once um, and she she was a nurse for over 30 years um, and she worked in the maternity side of things and um, she she met this doctor who was a really brilliant doctor at a very young age he he had his medical degree in his um, early 20s. And um, he worked diligently from 20-something till about 50, 55. And he was aiming towards early retirement. And throughout that whole time, my mother got to know him and, and said he was the most amazing guy that, you know, never took any vacations. And, and he worked his way through, worked himself to the bone, always was there for the long shifts. And when he actually reached his retirement, or his early retirement, so he thought, he came down with an illness that required him to actually tote around one of those um, uh, those ca- air container canisters to breathe. Oh, so he needed oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. So it, because he needed the oxygen, and at the time the technology wasn't anywhere where it is now, but at the time that limited his ability to go on flights. Of course, you can't bring a, a like a compressed air canister onto a flight, right? <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, it was a bit of a hazard, but he was so depressed afterwards, he said, you know, I worked my whole life this hard, so I would afford myself the opportunity and the money to go travel, and now I can't go on a plane. I mean, the only place I can go is North America. Oh, no, he's looking at it wrong. You can take the plane or the boat, or the, you can take the train or the boat. It just takes a little longer. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that's the funny thing. You know, when we're looking at it from one perspective, we only see one solution. But I think what he was saying on the bigger picture was that, uh, you know, he was he was fo- so focused on the destination, he forgot about the journey along the way. And I liked what you said earlier in the, the last segment about how if it takes you another year or more to pay off the mortgage, so be it. If it means that you grab an opportunity that might not come around again, so be it too, right? And, and uh, you know, I've met some folks in the world that they don't have a destination. They just have a journey. <laughs> hmm. that's, that's their view of it. They're, you know, Perpetual travelers, or, or um, you know, uh, and they're not really that concerned about uh, reaching any sort of how you can say it, occupation or career-based goal. Right. They're just, they're just happy to be able to to make some money to be able to support themselves, live, travel, you know, or or do whatever, live simply. Hmm, I like that. And then, uh, you know, live simply so you can simply live. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's another saying, do you live to work or do you work to live? Yeah, I hear you. And so many of us get caught up in the process of making a living that we forget to make a life. Yeah, for sure. 
you know, and what I mean by that is that not only is that a saying, but I start to think about how, uh, let me show you a, a small microcosm. Um, making a living, um, let, let's take an example. Okay, let's say you and I decide to go downtown today. And uh, I say, Jim, let's go downtown today. And he goes, why are we going? And you ask me why we're going. And I'll say, well, we're going uh, because I got to go and get this uh, uh, DeWalt drill. <laughs> and, and you go, sure, I'll come along for the ride. We'll go down together and we'll um, go and uh, go grab that drill. And, and then you'll have that tool that you need to fix the deck or whatever. And so hop on in the car. We drive downtown. We go get the drill. And then we drive all the way back. And along the way, there were opportunities for us to, to check out this nice crepe shop that maybe we had thought about talking about to go grab a crepe or two. Um, might have had a weird opportunity along the way to see something that we'd always wanted to see, but we just drove right on by because we were so focused on the destination of getting that drill. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, the whole uh, example is a great one because that's a real guy thing going down to buy a drill. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Do we want the hole or do we want the drill? <laughs> Holes or not holes? <laughs> and, you know, the deck may be half apart because uh, you need the drill, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought, I, that was the first thought that came to mind. I just see us, yeah. like, trucking along and, and going after that the, the destination. But you know what? I think that we're the type of people that would pull over and grab that crepe or would pull over and, and stop because we're all about seizing the day. <laughs> yeah, you bet. And, and there's times where... Um, not possible you know uh, having been through renovating two properties and, and you know you gotta you're in the middle of something and you gotta race down and get the right part or you know, whatever you're out of and you gotta race back because it, it's just what it is <laughs> yeah i hear you yeah so you know it's really interesting uh we've been this is our third podcast and each one kind of brings new things and like we were sharing with the listeners in the beginning, the reason why we started this was because often we'll have these deep conversations and um, they come off a little different when we record them, of course, because we're trying to be fluid in the way we converse. But um, I think we still caught, caught a few good gems today, you know, Jim? Oh, for sure. You bet. You know, what are we looking forward to next time? I mean, I guess our next podcast will be in 2016 then. Yeah, possibilities, um, maybe something to do with resolutions, <laughs> start out the year right, but I, I know you're still working on your book, and uh, might be even publishing something next year. Well, yeah, that's kind of a, a vision goal, it's not carved in stone or anything, I still have to learn a whole bunch about how do I get it copyrighted and e-published and all that sort of stuff, and maybe that's not as difficult as, uh, as uh, I think it could be. So there's some learning to do in the nuts and bolts of getting something published, but essentially the book needs to be finished and edited, so there's another nuts and bolts that needs to occur as well. Yeah, and sure, and you know, as your, your friend for many years, feel free to bounce, off, bounce any of those um, drafts or manuscripts off me, and I'll be happy to give you some feedback too. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so yeah, this is exciting. It'd be so exciting if we, we set a temporary temporary destination goal for both of us to author our both, both our books next year. That'd be kind of exciting. Well, a joint release would be great. 
Yeah, yeah, that'd be so awesome. Anyways, um, I guess we've had such a great call that we'll, we'll end off with our listeners with a positive note about the holidays. Do you have any holiday greetings for our listeners there, Jim? Oh, just peace on earth, goodwill towards men. I, I agree. And, um, you know, take care of each other, you know, and um, uh, I wish everyone that listens to this uh, a lot of love, a lot of hope, and a lot of health because um, th- even this past week I realized how important it is to have a strong back. Um going through that and then you know uh quickly recovering with the help of a couple of health practitioners um sore back is gone safe to say knock on wood <laughs> and uh hope to keep it that way but i realize that we play a role in that component of um stretching out and making sure we're, we're well exercised too oh yeah we the health practitioner is only the uh treater and the symptom we're the ones that have the um Exactly. Well, I think we did some good today, Jim. And uh, it's another great season of the day with Jim and Winston. <laughs> Thanks, Winston. That was a great, great show. Great. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate your time. And um, to everyone out there, uh, Merry Christmas and uh, take care of yourself. We'll see you next time in 2016, January. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Winston. Take care. <laughs>